Welcome to JX in Cloud. And if you say it fast enough, it really does sound like Jackson. 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 I'm really saying JXN, but do you hear it? No. It's like it's like it's like a magic eye puzzle, but with your voice. Laurel. Wait, magic eye puzzles. We should Yanny. go over those again. Oh. Were you guys the ones who don't know how to do that? Yeah. Remember? Um, I mean, we, like, I did it once. Sat there staring at it for like five minutes. I'm not going through that again. No. <laughs> <laughs> Off camera until they get it. Then we'll just upload the time where they actually see it because that's the most exciting part. I do believe that's in one of our videos. It is somewhere. Don't remember where. Watch all of them and let us know. All right, there's or our call Jamin to action. Can link it down below. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And uh, today we are, oh man, we're like nine chapters away from the end of Genesis. We started this some 50-ish episodes ago. 200 hours ago. You don't read your Bible, so we're reading the whole thing to you. Later. <laughs> uh, in today's particular case, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Joseph and his dream interpretation. Now, we've already done a whole video on Joseph and how he translates the dreams, and we kind of explained spiritual gifts, explained how you would have translated these dreams based on the things that he said and whatnot, and how he translated it. Um, sorry. So, what I mean is... <laughs> What I mean is, a lot of times we think that Joseph was just like a computer eating binary code and spitting a dream back out, right? Zeros and ones, this makes no sense to me. And then put it into Joseph and it comes out, seven years, there will be famine, you know. And, and my point was, all right, now that Joseph us, gave us the interpretation, let's look at how these dreams make sense. They didn't even have binary back then, though. I know, I'm not talking about back then. I'm making an analogy to today. You of all people love analogies. Don't give me that crap. Okay, so my point was, my point was, before I was distracted, is we did a whole episode on that. Today I want to talk about like the importance of the Holy Spirit being the one to like translate that. Because we've seen a bunch of dreams show up. And in ancient times, they believed, not that like every dream was like sent from God or the gods, but uh, in ancient times, they clearly had these dreams on occasion where like, I need to know the interpretation of this like ASAP because this is important, right? Especially if you're a leader in charge of a kingdom and you had a dream and it felt important. You're like, the divine beings are speaking to me. What do I do? Right? So you all the more want an interpretation. I do have a question. Yeah. How do you ever know that you need a dream interpreted? Well, have it's you a guys hunch. a hunch? Yeah. Because I don't think I've ever actually had like a dream interpreted. Well, one of the first things is, have you ever felt like a dream should be interpreted? Ever, even once. Yes. Okay. How many times? Once. <laughs> Maybe like seven. That's a lot. Yeah. But most of them were like, I don't know if it's interpreted or if it's like, okay, that'll come later because I think I've just seen the future. And like, eventually I have a deja vu, a deja vu moment that goes back and is like, 
Oh yeah, I dreamed this like two years ago. But then what? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so uh, for me, it just depends. Like I've gotten so used to sharing dreams with people that like I'm past the point of like, I'm scared to tell you this. So I just do it. Whereas like I woke up the other day and I had a dream about a pastor friend who was dealing with this girl and it was difficult. And my dream felt like it maybe could be spiritual, but it also felt very strongly like it was just ice cream, you know? So I texted him anyways. <laughs> Ice cream, you know. Ice cream affects your dreams. So oh. Awesome. So I, I, I just texted him. I was like, hey, you know me. I don't know if this was spiritual or not. But, you know, if you're dealing with a girl at youth group at all and it's difficult, just had this dream, feel free to touch base with me later. We can chat about it. You know? um, and they had no problems with the girl at youth group. But did I lose anything by doing that? I would have if I was... Thus saith the Lord, a girl at youth group. Hear ye, hear ye. You know, like then it would have been awkward. But for me, it's just, there, I, there might be some here. If not, ignore it. You know, and that's usually how I encourage people in spiritual gifts is to walk with humility, step out, try it. Paul talks about learning to prophesy. I mean, it's not just name it, claim it? No, no, it is not. Um, but in, in particular cases, sometimes people have the hunch, as Olivia said, or those moments in your seven dreams where you're like, something more to this, where you're just like, okay, I'm going to step out and, and think about this. And A, I need to discern, is this God? Is this me? Or is it uh, even demonic? Um, Pharaoh, in this case, woke up and was like, this is a dream that needs to be interpreted ASAP. So there's like some kind of like deep feeling of like urgency and warning on him and being pharaoh he's probably thinking like spiritual beings need to talk to me because i'm in charge of a kingdom you know uh um nebuchadnezzar was like that too nebuchadnezzar believed in dreams so much that he threatened to kill all the prophets <laughs> you know that story that sounds so healthy uh well they that were sounds all counterintuitive yeah yeah you'd think so but so the thing with pharaoh was pharaoh thing with Nebuchadnezzar was he had a dream, this crazy butt dream about the statue made of bronze and iron and was foretelling all these kingdoms that were to come and what God was doing and stuff. He has this dream and he wakes up from it and he wants an interpretation so bad, but he knows that his magicians, the Chaldeans, mm -hmm. like they could just make something up. I mean, you can always do that with dreams, right? It's a metaphor. Now, how, how hard is it to like create your own thing around metaphor? So either they could interpret it wrongly or they could make something up. Uh, they could try to interpret it in such a way that it pleases the king so that he'll like the interpretation. So Nebuchadnezzar goes so far that he's like, I had a dream. You will tell me the interpretation. Yes, O king, what was your dream? We shall tell you. I'm not telling you my dream. You can tell me what I dreamt and then tell me the interpretation. <laughs> that's, that's how much Nebuchadnezzar believed in the supernatural, believed in the dream, and believed that this dream needed a valid interpretation for his kingdom to continue in some form of safety of sorts. So, so in other words, he was very scared about the dream. Yeah, it seems that way. Uh, nobody got the dream. Nobody knew how to interpret it until Daniel... Daniel, God gave Daniel the actual dream. So 
So Daniel had the dream himself. Daniel and or Joseph? Daniel. I, I'm on Nebuchadnezzar at the moment. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, Daniel gets the dream himself and then interprets it. Nebuchadnezzar wakes up. Pharaoh wakes up from a dream and he has the same thing. I need to know the meaning behind this. Nobody's able to interpret it. Finally comes up. Someone's like, you know, I was in jail for a while when you put me down there, Pharaoh. And there was a guy who could interpret dreams very, very well. So they called Joseph in. He interprets the dream perfectly. And Pharaoh reacts. He's, he's like so impressed by Joseph, which is kind of Joseph's thing. We did a whole episode on how everybody, everybody loves Joseph, but they hate Chris. Uh, and um, the proposal... Everybody hates Chris. It's the a show. show. The show. Basically. I know, but it was just like that. They means. also love Raymond. Okay. This proposal okay pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. Uh, Joseph says, here's what the dream is. It's going to be famine. You need to store up food. That's his proposal. Pharaoh, Pharaoh's pleased by it. And he says to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Or that word for God is Elohim. So remember how... That's kind of like deer. Deer can be plural or singular. Since Pharaoh may, since Pharaoh was a, a, a polytheist, he may have been like, the gods have spoken to jo Joseph, or he might have been talking just about Yahweh himself. Either way, though, Pharaoh's impressed. He's got to have his own magicians, but Joseph has interpreted this. Pharaoh believes that this is the right interpretation, uh, and he looks at, at, at Joseph's like the spirit of God is in this guy like this is not just your average magician this is not just this isn't a yes man who comes along and pumps me up whenever I need it like this guy clearly we just pulled him out of jail and he, he told this dream so perfectly God has to be speaking to him so Joseph essentially becomes a prophet within a polytheist nation under Pharaoh, who himself, I believe, thinks that he's a god. <laughs> and Normally is the case. Yeah. It's just a strange, strange story where Yahweh brings Joseph into um, the leadership within a country that is so far outside of his wheelhouse and theological comfort. Um, but Joseph is just impressed, or Pharaoh's impressed. says, since God has shown you all this... Uh, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. So Joseph goes from a slave to what? Vice president? Is that how we would say it? Yeah. Like he's a second in command, uh, which is just crazy to think about. Like Joseph's not even Egyptian. He's a Hebrew, you know? And like <laughs> Pharaoh's that impressed that God is has used him in this way that he's he just puts him right up there right away. Uh, he then gets married um, to someone named uh, Asenath. No, I probably said that wrong. <laughs> Asenath. Asenath just sounds so vulgar. Uh, <laughs> Can you have it pronounce it? Sure, let's listen to the real pronunciation here, shall we? <clears throat> In Hebrew? Asnath. Asnath. So he gets married to uh, Asnath. Asnath. Which is the daughter of a, a priest, not a priest of Yahweh, a priest of On, 
and that priest's name is wouldn't that be Own? Own, sorry. And that priest's name is Potifera. Does that sound kind of familiar? Potiphar? Yeah. <laughs> With an A at the end of it. Oh. Um hmm. I think as far as we know, uh, th- this wouldn't be the same person. I don't know if the Bible's doing like this, like he lost everything through Potiphar, but now he gains it all back through another Potiphar type idea. I think the reason they put an A on the end of this one, uh, in ancient cultures and our records, either, I don't remember which one, but either Potiphar or Potiphera doesn't exist in, in, in the ancient language as a name. Oh. So I think what the Bible is doing is the reason they're both named something different is like, we want you to know these are two different characters. And if we would have like named them both the same, you would have been like, who now? You know, like the same guy. Uh, But Joseph ends up in charge. He's in a foreign nation under foreign gods, under foreign pharaoh, married to the daughter of a priest of a foreign god. (laughs) Uh, his name is changed to Zaphonoth Paniah, is what uh, is what Joseph is known as in Egypt, and now he's just like vice president of the land. It's just so they gave him like an Egypt-sounding name. Yeah, yeah. Some like even uh, Daniel under Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel was known by them as Belteshazzar. <laughs> so it's like. A lot of times they like bring you into their culture uh, now that you're you're there. Uh, but the most important thing that I would look at here is like the Holy Spirit had to be the one to interpret this for for everyone. Like God gave the dream, and there was no human being who could interpret it without God, and there was no um, um, demon that could interpret it without God. God spoke it in such a way that He had to be sought out for the answer. Is that not generally how parables work too? I mean, even when God puts on flesh and comes down to earth, he speaks in such a way that if you want to know the answer, you have to pursue the Holy Spirit. Jesus even kind of does that himself with the, we were talking earlier about the parable of the seeds where four seeds are sown. um, And when Jesus is done with it, the disciples come up to him. They're like, what does that parable mean? He's like, how do you not know what that parable meant? Don't you have the secret to the kingdom of God? <laughs> and we're like, what does that even mean? My guess is he means, don't you have the Holy Spirit? Like, he sh- you should have, like, as I spoke it, you should have been able to translate what I was saying, you guys. It's binary code, parables. In, in one year, and if you have the latest DLC from the Spirit, <laughs> I'm trying so hard to analogize in a Casey kind of way, and he hates it. It comes out. And can be opened up in the execution file <laughs> after you agree to the terms the of agreement. <laughs> okay, that part I liked at the end. But, no, because binary is a language, so it's like... So is the Holy Spirit. It speaks in tongues. She moves in mysterious ways. But But binary is a set language, like... The ones and zeros are set. Yeah. What's your point? You just need a perfect analogy. You can't deal with the half flawed ones. Okay. No, it's there's no such thing as a perfect analogy. Thank you. Shame on you. Dishonor. Dishonor on you. Listen. Dishonor on your cows. Every time I come up with an analogy, you hate it. So I'm just reversing roles here. Okay. 
Uh, well, the same thing is true from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. You want to understand a dream you got, you need the Holy Spirit to understand it, if it was, in fact, given by God. Uh, you want to understand a parable that Jesus spoke, you need the Holy Spirit to understand it. As Jesus himself demonstrated with the disciples, you guys should understand this. The reason that I speak in, speak in parables is so that not everyone will understand it, because Jesus actually was selective about who he was welcoming into the kingdom. Uh, the Holy Spirit would translate it on the fly to those who should be receiving the word, while those who weren't ready for it yet, since God wills everybody to be saved, those who weren't ready for it yet, the Holy Spirit would just kind of like, they're just going to hear gibberish. You want to understand the book of Revelation? You dang well better understand like how to read that book with the Holy Spirit, because like not only is it a prophecy given to John through the Holy Spirit, but it's like the dream of dreams, the parable of parables, and the the one that needs the Spirit of God to help us understand it more than anything else. So, so it's like prophetic inception. Yeah. Proception. Sure. Whatever that means. Conception? What do you say? I said proception. Oh, okay. I don't think that's a word. I don't think it is, but I just made it up. And now we will all turn to Olivia to bring it home with uh, the message of, of where she's, she's, we're just puppets. She's been leading this whole thing the whole time. That's right. I'm actually in charge. Mm -hmm. All right. So today's lesson is that you need the Holy Spirit so that you can be cool like Joseph. Cool like Joseph. I would watch that movie. Also, did anybody else hear that? So what we have learned apply in the background, because that's what I heard. That is kind of what I heard, too. Okay. All right. I haven't seen VeggieTales in a long time, so no, I didn't hear that till you said it. Dishonor! Dishonor on you! Dishonor on your cows! Dishonor on your whole family!